I'm not like a regular mom, I'm a cool mom. 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 Hey, cool moms. Hi. Hey, cool moms. How's it going? Hey, cool moms, friends, aunties, daddies, and everyone who loves and supports us. Thank you so much for coming out. My name is Elise. I am the host and founder of... <laughs> that's me. Um, <laughs> I am the host and the founder of Cool Moms Podcast. I love to give like a quick little one, too, in case you are not familiar Cool Moms is a podcast and community platform that I started in 2018 uh, when I was pregnant with my son, Sergeant. And it really was, it was birthed out of vanity and fear. And I, <laughs> I say that because um, I was at a place where I was the first of my friends to become pregnant. I was really concerned with like, how would I maintain my identity outside of motherhood? Would I still be interested in doing the same things? Would my friends still care and want to hang out with me and invite me places? Um, so with that, I sought the advice, mentorship, stories from women that I respected, admire personally and professionally. And those were like, that was the inception of Cool Moms. So here we are at Soho House, which is really um, fantastic and a real testament to the power of manifestation, the power of believing in yourself, the power of not giving up on yourself, because I could have 10,000 times. <laughs> if you know me, then you know, right? And if you don't, I'm going to tell you. Uh, <laughs> uh, this is such a really incredible room tonight full of mothers, women, friends. My son's teacher is here. I hate to call you out, Aaron, but like, how fucking cool is that? Like, I so appreciate the support. It is Tremendous. I love it. It's so emo. Um, I've been feeling so many things today. Today, we are recording on February 22nd, 2022. This is, uh, whether you are woo-woo or not, I'm telling you, it is woo-woo today. So <laughs> strap in because I have Queen here who we are, we're going to get to her in one second. Um, I have Imani Cohen joining us. But before I get to Imani, I'm going to give a quick this week in motherhood, which every podcast I kind of riff on what's been happening in my week. So I won't bore you all with my like emotional meltdown, but what, <laughs> what I will say is that today in particular has been such a transformative day. I'm gonna share my good news. I got the job that I have been wanting for weeks. Okay. You know, we are feeling powerful. We are feeling like the women and the humans that we're supposed to be. So I feel really incredible. I'm so excited to bring that energy here um, because, again, my week was trying. I actually signed up for a parenting class because, like, that's the kind of week that I've had, <laughs> which reminds me of a tweet that you said, it takes a village to not just raise a child but a mother. And I had to humble myself this week and realize, oh, I need a village even more than I realize because I'm, I'm have a deficit in certain areas when it comes to motherhood and my patience and you know how I want to gently raise sergeants. So I had to really check myself this week. And in that, it, it's I was gonna say it's ended here, but it's Tuesday. It kind of feels like Friday. Uh, but I'm really excited to be here with everyone and most especially, 
I'm really excited to be here with Amani Cohen. Hey. Ah. Astro Bay, the hood healer. Okay. <laughs> Coming from, originally from Slauson. Okay, so we have uh, LA's own, and I really, really love, one, to highlight folks from LA, because I believe when you move to a city, you don't move and take, you move and you give, and you give honor to the people who have been here. So I'm really happy to be able to do that. Um, Amani is a healer, uh, an intuitive, psychic, a mother, a wife, a friend, a sister, and now the newest Cool Mom. Welcome to Cool Moms, Amani. Thank you. I always wanted to be a cool mom. <laughs> I mean, listen, I've been watching your videos and it was funny because you were just talking about things you wanted to do last year mm -hmm. once you became a mother and I was like, little did you know. God is good. Okay, it's coming. Yes. So <clears throat> we'll start off with We'll do a remix on the inaugural question. Okay. Because I always ask everyone, what's your sign? But like, how easy for you, right? <laughs> so instead, we'll go, we'll take it a step further. And I would love to know, like, what's your sun sign, moon sign, rising sign? Okay. What are your big three? Okay. And what does that mean to you? Well, I am a Virgo sun, Scorpio moon, Cancer rising. Cancer rising. Cancer rising. Okay. I definitely feel like I'm coming into my cancer rising more now. Mm -hmm. um, embracing motherhood. Virgo is... We're working with her. <laughs> that is my super analytical, critical, um, give myself no breaks energy. And my Scorpio moon is very intense sometimes loyal to a fault. We're working on her too. So I'm really trying to embrace more of this cancer energy. So those are my big three. What, do you, what about the cancer energy do you want to embrace? I feel like cancer represents the mother and the mother is patient. And I'm really trying to hone in on that patience. Yeah, same, same. That's why I got checked this week. And um, for me, my big three, since we're talking, uh, I'm a Scorpio sun, mm -hmm. so I understand the intensity. Mm -hmm. But then my Gemini rising throws people off because they think I'm friendlier than I probably truly am. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But it gets me in the door. And... <laughs> She's chaotic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. She's she, a good time, though. She's a good time. <laughs> yeah. She is a good time. I, I, some folks in here have met my Aries moon. Um, <laughs> she is a good time, and I'm trying to tap more into that. Uh, I felt like I've been in a bit of, like, hibernation, um, mm -hmm. as Scorpios tend to when mm -hmm. we're transforming and dying and being reborn. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel you on the um, <laughs> on that Scorpio moon. That's an interesting placement. Uh, I kind of <laughs> it's an intense placement. It's intense. Mm -hmm. It's intense. We love it though. I want to start a bit from the beginning. Yes. Yes. Which is a great place to start because when I think of now, I I 
see a psychic. I have like a, a spiritual psychic advisor that, that I tap in with. So I'm very interested in that perspective. But what I've never had the opportunity to do was to speak to someone and ask, at what point did you recognize your gift? And how were you able to pinpoint it? Because I know that I've, I've heard you talk about, specifically talking about truth and lies and not being able to decipher the difference at a young age. Okay. okay. So I would love to kind of talk about um, young Imani coming into her power. So young Imani was very powerful, so much so that it, my gift, I'm psychic clairvoyant, read as schizophrenia. So it was very challenging. It was very challenging for my parents. They didn't really know how to guide me. Um, there was a negative stigma, obviously, with schizophrenia. So it was not something that was hoined, hoined in on and cultivated. It was really um, challenging being myself at an early age. Um, so I always felt it. I didn't have control of it. And it really wasn't until my early 20s that I started to hone in on it. So from childhood into early 20s, was there ever a point where you believed the schizophrenia? Did you question? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I definitely thought that there was something wrong with me and I carried that label and I also allowed that label to be a crutch. In what ways? I'm schizophrenic. I don't have to work hard. I'm schizophrenic. I don't want to go to school today. I'm schizophrenic. You know, I don't want to do my homework. I just, you don't understand what I'm going through. You know what I mean? I, I definitely used every excuse in the book until um, I had to be accountable for my behavior. And what did that look like? How did accountability... <laughs> accountability never comes in fun. Accountability <laughs> never comes in fun. Accountability looked like homelessness for me. Mm-hmm. Like face down in the gutter. And you have to pull yourself up because no one else is going to. Baby. Baby. Right I here knew- in these downtown streets. Yes. I- Oh, man. It's just such a full circle moment because I was actually homeless just around the corner from here. Yes, I was living at the Wine Garden, which is on San Pedro and 7th. And I'm talking at the Soho House, which is on Santa Fe. And it's just like... look at God. God is good. Hey, it might not be Sunday, but it's church today. (laughs) It's church today. I I feel like... um, there's probably a lot of parallels between our experiences. I feel like that too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to really going there. Um, I, you know, I'm also, I also want to preface, preface this by saying a promise that I made to myself this week, which in part was inspired by researching you, getting ready for this, was practicing radical honesty. And by by radical honesty, I mean when it's like the most uncomfortable. Yes. 
And so for me, Cool Moms has been a platform where I have been able to share and share honesty, but I think in a radical sense, not so much. And that particular piece resonates with me, not because I necessarily lived on the streets, but I absolutely have, have experienced um, housing instability. Mm -hmm. So if anybody, again, who may know me in the audience knows that housing has been probably my Achilles heel. Mm -hmm. It has been the thing that... Um, has just evaded me. And, and, be, and motherhood was my opportunity to start to change that. Mm -hmm. And it's been a slow change. It's been a slow change because when you are in patterns and cycles, you don't even necessarily realize. How did you break that cycle? When you were on the street, what was your moment? I didn't want to die on the street. I didn't want to die on the street. Um, when you're homeless, 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 you got to find that mustard seed of inner strength and take one step at a time. Mm -hmm. Were there people, community that you were able to cultivate out there that looked out for you, where you were able to have a sense of safety? Spirit was my sense of safety. I feel like everybody is on survival mode. So, you know, people definitely looked out for me. Spirit looked out for me. Looking back, like, I don't... Only God. Only God. Um, there's definitely some angels along the way. But I really uh, give all praise to Spirit. And so you're like, okay, I have to, something has to change. There has to be radical change. Radical. What's a, what's a workable first step from being on the street, just making the choice to change, and then seeing that change come to fruition? Was it, okay, let me reach out to family, let me reach out to friends, or what? No. It, no. No. It was, let me reach inside. Let me reach inside and pull out these tools that I always had that I wasn't using that my, uh, I, my um, diagnosed mental illness contributed to these excuses that I was making for myself. Like, let me really reach into me. Because again, when you're there, it's very clear that nobody's helping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about, is I know you're saying you're reaching into yourself, and I think a lot of people ask, well, like, what about your family, mm -hmm. right? Um, what about, yeah. Right, right. Well, that's, that's, so both of my parents have passed. Mm -hmm. At this point. At this point. Both of my parents had passed, and I, they were older, and, like, the tribe kind of passed, you know? And then another thing was... It's so crazy to have ended up where I ended up because that was not how I was raised when my parents did not have a cushion or um, really any plans for me after they passed. So she got real quick, okay? Um, there wasn't the foundation. There, wasn't, there was not the support, so...
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Know? I also feel like people are waiting for me to kind of hit the floor because I've always had that support from them. So it was kind of like, yeah, girl, you need to go through this kind of energy. And um, I felt that. So I didn't really reach out. Mm hmm. Yeah, I can understand that. I, I resonate with that a lot. One of my biggest hurdles to overcome more recently is like knowing when to ask for help. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And motherhood is the thing that humbled me to say, oh, there's absolutely no way that you can do this by yourself, especially yes. as a single mother, especially at a time when I had my son, I was not like traditionally employed. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm working for myself. There's no maternity leave. There's no safety net. There's none of that. And, you know, I'm going to get a little ahead of myself, but an experience that I had very early on in motherhood um, that made me think of something that I read about you was, um, you know, I have a, actually a really nice relationship with my son's father. We co-parent. You know, we work on it. We do it. You know, we, we, we get better with time. And I've always had a lot of love and respect and admiration for him. And so when it was time for me to get benefits, I'm living in New York, I'm a single mom, I'm living in a studio apartment, and I'm like, I need food. There were absolutely times where if I did not breastfeed Sergeant, I wouldn't have had anything to feed him. You know, so I was grateful to be able to do that. So I was like, all right, I got to get wig. I got to get my benefits. I'm trying to swipe. You know, I had no shame. I was like, I'm going to do the things that I need to do to get on my feet. I go to the WIC Center in Brooklyn. And what I find out, which is just <laughs> so crushing, was in order to get benefits, you had to essentially put your partner on child support and put them through the system. And I don't know if a lot of you all are familiar with this policy, but it's a really racist uh <laughs> it's a racist classist policy in order to continue to put especially marginalized folks black people within a system right and so for me i was like i would rather figure it out than to put him in a position to now be within the system so you know it made me think about that decision and everything that came after that the struggles that I experienced because of that decision that I made, where I was at mentally and spiritually because of the decisions that I felt like I had to make. And I kind of want to just like get to it, get to this particular part, um, because one, something that I really enjoy about you, again, is the radical honesty. Something that I think can be intimidating is radical honesty. And you have made statements before talking about postpartum. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I knew we were gonna get to that. Yeah, and I was like, let's just let's just do it let's so we can get to it. some yes. other stuff. <laughs> so you know, I, I'd be happy to like pass you the mic. Let's get into it. Okay. Okay. So I don't give weight to illness. I don't give weight to disease. Some people do. I don't, because I know what a label can do to your life, to the way that you think about yourself. So when I felt myself creeping down the postpartum trail prior to giving birth, 
because I was remourning the loss of my mother and father, I realized that I had to get a hold of my mind and really explore what it is that I was feeling. I think that postpartum depression is a combination of um, physical changes, but I think that a lot of the postpartum depression that we experience is a culmination of things left unresolved. Positions that are not necessarily positioned. And um, I think that it's easier to say that I'm dealing with postpartum depression than to say I don't really feel good about where my life looks like right now. I also think that, and it's unfortunate, that women have to say I'm dealing with postpartum depression in order to get some kind of support. So in my work, when I asked women, really, what is it? If we can really identify the issues, what would they be? And a lot of times it's lack of support, not feeling my new body. I don't know what my life looks like now. I don't know what my career looks like now. And nobody wants to hear this from a new mom. So I'm going to say I'm dealing with postpartum depression to get her to get support. Now, my issue for the community that I serve is that saying that you're dealing with postpartum depression is not, you do not receive the same response as a woman of color as you do as a white woman. And so I always like to caution the collective to be very clear about the energies that you are embracing and what that what the consequences of that is. And then I also, and I know this ruffles feathers, ask myself and mothers, if you are dealing with postpartum depression, what are your children dealing with? Now listen, 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 listen. Mm -hmm. That's hitting a nerve for me. I feel the energy shift, I felt it. <laughs> I but I'm going to tell you why. It's not, it's not from a place where I'm like, I can't believe she's saying that. It's mm -hmm. from a place where I had a real friend mm -hmm. tell me this week about how my energy and how I've been moving and where I'm at spiritually and mentally were impacting my son. Mm. And I was not ready to accept it. Mm -hmm. I got very defensive because I'm like, I'm a great mom. Mm -hmm. What do you mean? Mm -hmm. I know some shitty moms. That I am not. I try to put my best foot forward. We eat organic. You know, the things. The things. <laughs> I think I saw you at the Erewhon. You see me at the Erewhon, okay? <laughs> but I had to take a step back and realize, no, I'm not tapped into myself right now. Mm -hmm. I have been absent in a lot of ways. And I see it show up in him and it was hard i see it in when i'm holding him and he starts to hold his breath because he's stressed out right 
And those things are very, that is, that is when people say parenting motherhood is difficult. It's not getting up and getting a baby dress. It's not, it's, it are, it's when your child is a mirror of your own insufficiencies. And that was very difficult for me this week. But also super grateful because I'm like, okay, I have to tighten up. What choice do I have at this point? Because I've been down the road, you know, I, I, I believe in having an outlet. I've had therapy, the things. And I remember begging my therapist to put me on medication. I was just like, I can't, I don't even have the energy to sometimes clean up. I don't have, I can bathe him, but I might not bathe myself, you know? So, and, and I'm talking about things that have impacted me like this year, last year. We're not talking about some far off fantasy land time, like in real ways where on the outside, you know, I'm not a person that looks like the things that I've been through. I'm not a person that looks like the things that I'm currently going Praise through. Praise God. <laughs> okay. Because y'all wouldn't want to look at me up here at the Soho House if I look like the stuff that I've been experiencing or have experienced. So, yes, I, in many ways, I can, I, I feel you and I hear you. And I think it was tough to hear. Do I believe that many of us are suffering because of circumstance? Yes. And I think that there's a lot of people who are widely diagnosed when it's like, if you had access to peace and safety and good food and you were financially abundant, would these things still be issues? And for me, the answer is no. Because honey, when my real bag comes, I don't have no problems. Right. <laughs> I don't really have any problems. So I, I appreciate that. And I do think that that sentiment can ruffle feathers because nobody wants to be checked about your mental health, where you're at, but it's important to have perspective. It's important to recognize that there is more than one right, so to speak. Yes. Right? Yes. So I appreciate that. That was the energy shift. The energy shift is Thank you for like, receiving it. Yeah. Thank you for receiving it. And also, I think that it's very important to have people in your life that can hold you accountable. Because it really does take a village to raise a mother, right? A village. Yes. My village is here. Okay? Hi, village. Hey, y'all. Mm -hmm. And it keeps growing. And that makes me really happy to see. Yes. Um, okay, let me go through more cards. So, now we're off the street. Whew, praise God. Praise God. We yes. are off the street. When did you realize that your gift and your power could actually be your purpose? And it could be, not commodified, but you can make money. So I answered a spirit calling. It was a, it was a slow transition. So in this initiation process, which is really trusting spirit, I was doing readings at Simply Wholesome, Slauson and Overhill, for free. Yes. For a year. There were love donations. But it really taught me faith. Yes. So I knew that it was something when there started to be lines around the building for me. And um, 
I was told that I would have to take my business <laughs> elsewhere. Somewhere else, girl. Yeah. We're trying to sell food. Right. And I said, yeah, I do need to take my business elsewhere. I'm about to take it to New York. And that's where I took it. Mm-hmm. Now, I've, al- I've also, because I'm a research and ass. I, I see. Ooh. Very Scorpio-like. Right? Yes. I, I want to go as, as far down okay, as you'll let me. Okay, come on. <laughs> now, in my research, um, I also, I saw that you said you don't consider, at the time, you didn't consider yourself a businesswoman. Do you still feel that way? And can business align with spirit? So motherhood changes things, right? Okay. Sure does. Okay. So I realized that there's spirit work and then there's business. Prior to motherhood, it was really just giving spirit work. But I think about how I was raised and the lack of foundation that my family provided when they passed. And... I needed to solidify some business for my baby. So yes, yes. So but there's a it's challenging, okay? Because not all business is done in integrity. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, we gonna get to integrity. Let's get into it. We gonna get to integrity. Yeah. So <laughs> why New York? If you can make it in New York, you can make it anywhere. You can make it. Right? It's very it. Virgo Scorpio, you know? Like, let me let me take it to the city. Yeah, same. I did the Baby, same thing. Baby, if you could do it in LA, let me, let's see if you could really do it. Yes. Okay. I Listen. Yes. I moved and it's to a New challenge. York on a whim. Okay. I got on a Bolt bus. Okay. And I moved. Praise God. That was it. And I said, yes. well, DC is not serving me. You know what? A quiet secret, I think. I feel like if you can make it in L.A., you can make it anywhere. Okay, L.A. people. Well, okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, New Yorkers are actually a lot more friendly, I think. I will say that. And you have transportation and, you know, things are close and, you know, your energy can get you into the room. But you broke, okay? Listen, you could make it happen. You can make it happen. You could make it happen. In New York, I feel like it doesn't matter. Your energy can bring you to places. In L.A.? I I will agree with that. I think, how for me, I could have never done L.A. before New York. Absolutely not. I needed the stick and the move, the hustle, the bustle, the knowing how to walk in a room and determine who do I need to connect with? What's my pitch? How do I get what I want? New York told me. And then New York was also like, "Mm -hmm." sleep in a room with three other women with the lights on for three months because you have roaches. Good luck. Come on. Good luck. What a time. (laughs) What a time. But... You know, when I first moved to L.A. and I remember looking at my first apartment and the, the, the realtor was like, she was from New York way back whenever. She was like, honey, you keep that New York hustle and you'll be just fine in L.A. And I agree, but you're right. I had to come here with a certain tribe, certain connections. Hustle. Hustle. Drive. Mm-hmm. I moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. again with nothing, really. Mm-hmm. You know, moved, moved into an Airbnb and said, listen, right here, God's sister, stay to her place for a couple weeks until I could figure out, okay, now, now what are we going to do? So I can definitely, I can see that perspective. Now, I still think New York is hard, though. It's a, it's- New York has weather. 
<laughs> right? Okay. Mm-hmm. New York yeah. has weather. LA. I feel like it's an energy game here. Yes. You know what I find interesting about LA? So in New York, I could go into a room mm-hmm. and I could be on the Upper East Side with a bunch of, you know, Upper East Side white women. But I think in New York, because we all are very much in close proximity to one another, you understand and value culture and cachet a little bit more. So I could walk into that room and people are interested in talking to me. In LA, I went to a mansion at an event where I was invited. Okay, I had done work. 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 Hard. And the, the waiters, the wait staff didn't even stop to give me an hors d'oeuvre. I was like, oh, this is different. I texted my friend. I was like, I don't know. I think I got 20 minutes here. I don't know if I can do it. Because it will humble you. And I'm like, I'm cool. I do stuff. I'm cute. I got dressed before I came here. Y'all are old and crusty. Get into me. They don't care. Is it? So again, reasons why creating spaces like this are important. Yes. Because whenever, if I'm there and y'all are there, I want y'all to feel welcome. Right? All right. So it's Pisces season. Yes. It is. It's manifestation season. Yeah? Yes. What are you manifesting? I am manifesting more ease. Mm Mm-hmm. Ease. You know, something I was listening, I was listening to a podcast of yours. Oh, boy. The episode. Which episode? Well, it's the episode where you were talking about how you got real cute to go to this party with these rich folks. That was the party. Oh, that was the party? That was the party. And you were talking about how you don't like to work. Absolutely not. And I was like, this is my girl. (laughs) Yes. I got a job today, but let me tell you something. This This is my mother's prayer. Okay. Baby, it's about aligning the purpose. Absolutely. And so I said, you know what? This is going to be a good conversation. <laughs> I yes. don't. Because quite honestly, I get fired or I quit. Yeah. And it's never because I'm not competent. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a little anecdote real quick. A funny story. Funny story. Let me tell you how I don't like to work so much. I worked at American Apparel. Ooh. Right. Whatever. 2000 and whatever. Right. I'm the key holder, so I'm the manager on duty. I really did not like... This is at a time American Apparel where, like, your general manager is, like, 21. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, it's laughable, right? Mm-hmm. No one's running anything. And, <laughs> and she and I just, we didn't see eye to eye. And, I mean, I was, I was stealing. I'm going to own that. I was... Who was it? You know what? I, wanted, I was just waiting to see if she was going to say it. Because you know you went home with a little leotard here and there. Listen. <laughs> Knock on wood. Thank you, Lord. Look, when she came in to fire me. Forgive me, Lord. I was in the middle of a hustle. Okay, so listen. I was like, well, you got to hurry up and get this because my manager comes. <laughs> that, she ended up firing me. I told her about herself. It wasn't nice. It's not my proudest moment. I then proceeded to come upstairs from Backstock, if you're familiar with working retail. Came out from Backstock. I stood up on the counter at the register. Scorpio Aries. Because I'm going to put that on Aries. Because Aries. Aries said, 
finish her. And Gemini, Gemini. None of my signs were working for me. And I stood up on the counter and I made an announcement and I was like, American, very Kanye, y'all. American Apparel does not care about black people. You are just another face here. And she's like, oh my God, Elise, please leave the key on the counter and just go. <laughs> so yeah, I don't like to work. Um, I don't like going, I don't like checking in. I don't like when I feel like Someone is not as intelligent, is not as creative, not as savvy as I am, and you're telling me what to do. That's tough for me to take. Now, motherhood said, girl, get a, get a job, shit. You know, do something, find something that is gonna be for you that you can actually enjoy, but most importantly, find something that's gonna give you financial stability and freedom because that's the foundation but also be in a space where people see you and value what you bring to the table. And I found that doing things like Soho House and every, I would clock in at work and they'd be like, who she thinks she is? Oh, she wanna be an artist. Oh, she wanna be at Soho House. And then wanna critique my typo in a DM. And I'm like, girl, nobody cares about this Instagram DM, it's fine. It's just social media management, it's not that deep. Um, anyways, so yes, but I did get a job today. I don't like to work. Congratulations. Thank you. I do, I'm excited about the job, y'all. The job, they see me, they're paying me my, <laughs> my worth, I'm really, Looking forward to accepting those blessings. Um, but awesome. I heard you also say in Pisces season, season is not necessarily your favorite time of year. Or maybe it's not your favorite sign. Sorry, Pisces. Pisces are my sister signs. Okay. As a Virgo sign. Pisces. <laughs> Sometimes struggle with accountability. Who, who, Pisces, where y'all at? It's y'all season. Don't be shy now because we talking shit. <laughs> not a single one. Wow, y'all felt it. Y'all said that they is felt not right. the, That was not the room for Maybe. us. Maybe. You call in your tribe. <laughs> <laughs> your vibe is your tribe, okay? okay. <laughs> Glad y'all are here. You know, hope you're listening. Uh, <laughs> so we're talking about manifestation. Um... I also am interested in how you're branching out. Because there's a few things that you said that you wanted to do once you entered motherhood, like a cookbook. What has motherhood inspired you to do and like branch out in your work and your gifts? So I feel like there's no real radical conversations about motherhood. I feel like everyone's afraid to talk about motherhood. Really, like the real shit. Like the waking up in the middle okay. of the night. The diaper change, laying on the pee stain. So much Damn, pee my that sheet. I'm so much pee. In. I'm sleeping in this pee. We're sleeping in the pee. Okay, I'm not getting I'm tired. Out. We're sleeping on the couch. So nobody's doing the laundry. I got a laundry service. That's the mom I hack. I would I would highly suggest That's a good laundry one. service. Laundry service. Laundry service. Now listen, when I moved to LA, I did laundry service, mm -hmm. and then I got it back, and it was like two hundred and something dollars. I said, "Well, damn, Elise." I got a referral for you. Okay. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, "Just fold your own shit." No, baby, I got a referral. Like, is it that deep? 
You're right. No one does talk about. I want to talk about what your day looked like before you got here. Because everyone that's here, you all had a full day. People wanted pieces of you. You had to give yourself away to folks, commit to things. Work. Mm-hmm. And then you still made it here. Thank you. So what did your day look like before you got here? Motherhood looks like a, a lot of pre-planning. Discipline. Dad. Dad. <laughs> Father support. Okay. Shout out, shout out to my husband. Shout out to the daddy. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm um, this rising. I woke up to a pee stain. <laughs> um. Got a manicure. Didn't didn't love it, but. Why? You know. Is it a Virgo thing? Yeah, I, I was going to say, you know what? Don't even start. It's like never it's satisfied, it's really. <laughs> it's just me, yeah. No, got I a manicure. feel it. Yeah, got a manicure. So actually, today was really seamless because I planned. Planning. Planning is the key, yes. You're right. Yes, I planned. Actually, it was actually a... You know what? I set the intention. Today is going to be a great day because this is a manifestation portal. This is a manifestation <laughs> portal, and it was very important because I've been dealing with a series of spiritual attacks. What does that mean? When you are committed to a frequency and you have a vision for your life, the entities will do everything that they can to knock you off that path. And so this, this specific portal has to do with partnership and love. Come on now. It was a hard week, okay? The Leo full moon just showed me where I had to put my pride aside. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I had to put my pride aside and let dad be a dad. Mm, I don't know that life yet. Okay, it's okay, baby. But (laughs) It's okay. And it is okay. It's okay, because yeah. sometimes we try to control things. We control things out of fear and trauma. We don't recognize that we're creating the environment that we were trying to escape. And so I had to really surrender, okay, and hoin into the peace and recognize what this day is mm-hmm. and actually speaking on panels is something and just, just speaking in general is something that I put on my vision board that, that I've been trying to manifest. Yes. So when I realized what was happening today, yeah. I recognize how important it is to just hoin on to your vibration. Hold, it, hold on to the vision. Yeah. But, you know, that gets challenging. And so I want to talk about when, because we we have access now to so much, right? The internet is, if you turn on TikTok, Instagram, you're going to find spiritual guru, one, two, three, 10,000 million, right? You know how how I feel about that. That's why I'm going there. Now tell us, how do you feel about one, the kind of commodification of spirit and spirit work? Mm-hmm. And how do we decipher? 
Okay, so I, you know, I don't like labels. Okay. So I don't really like to be class. I don't like the spiritual. I don't want to be grouped in the spiritual community. Okay. Spirituality is being monetized because of the times. People are really desperately trying to find themselves and find their happy and find their peace and find their purpose and. How many people resonate? How many people here? Come on, let's just do hands, guys, like school. Mm-hmm. Finding peace, finding purpose. Not everybody who felt that statement is raising their hands. Okay. Come on, Because that's another thing. <laughs> that's another thing. We got to stop faking the funk. Because you're putting that fake-ass energy out into the universe, and that's what's becoming your reality. And today on 222, we're trying to manifest our authentic lives. Okay, and, and authenticity in our lives, it's okay to say I'm looking for myself so that you can find it on today. Okay. I, don't know if, I don't know if I found it, but I feel close. You know, you're not, and, and let me refer, not on today. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, Imani, I'm not like, on I'm today. Just... Let's affirm it today. Yes, yes. So that we can find it. Yes, and... Also, from my understanding, today being very much about a you that no longer serves you. Does the you from yesterday serve the you that you want to be tomorrow? And how do we tap into that version of ourselves? And this is like a lot of woo-woo, but you know, like in, in workable, real like workable steps. What does that look like, being on the path and getting on the frequency? First of all, I want to say that it's okay to unbecome. Let yourself unravel so you can see who's who. Who's really there for you. I think identifying your tribe is really important because we need support. And too many of us go through this struggle of, I mean, go through this uh, journey of self-awareness by ourselves because we don't want to be seen. And when you don't want to be seen, you don't really give a lot of room for accountability. And when you don't have a space for accountability, you don't really have space for growth. And when you don't have space for growth, you stay in stagnation. And so today is really about ending that cycle of stagnation, being honest with yourself, specifically in the areas of partnership and relationship. Okay, come on. All right. Okay, so now (laughs) if you're holding on to bitterness about your partnership, we're going to continue to manifest it. Accountability is important because we have to recognize that we call in the energy that we experience, whether it's good or bad. You know, the first person to say that to me was this guy, Franco. Franco, I hope I run back into you one day. Franco uh, was a teacher with me at this school I was working at in D.C., um, an Aquarius, because I think that was important. Franco was Mm -hmm. so his own person before Mm -hmm. I knew someone like that. Now, listen, we still were eating McDonald's at the time, but hey, whatever, levels. Mm -hmm. We would go to McDonald's on our lunch break. Franco Mm -hmm. was like, I don't want to contribute to waste, so I bring Tupperware to McDonald's. And they really would put his food in the Tupperware. And I'm like, how did you figure... Because sanitary, this is not passing code. But he's like, no, I just, I talked to the ladies in the back. And, and he talked about, he was the first person to say, you know, Elise, everything that happens is because you have attracted it. 
And I was so offended. I was like, what about people who experience really difficult things? Like, that's not fair. People don't deserve it. He's like, yeah, but you attracted that energy. And I really couldn't grasp that for a very long time until more recently when, until like very recently, until I really realized, oh, all that worry and doubt and fear, that's what I'm experiencing. Yes. Worry, doubt, and fear. Victimhood is not the hood that the it's healer addictive. represents. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But it is addicting. It's, a, it's addictive. Yeah. And we don't see how we can be addicted to being the victim, how we can be addicted um, to not taking accountability. Well, being sick is a business. Sickness is an industry. Sickness is a business. And so when you're operating in that frequency, there is a whole lot of things to make that frequency feel good. And I think that the powers that be feed into that frequency. Mm -hmm. Hello, pandemic. Yes. (laughs) Well... I mean, it depends on how you use the pandemic. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. I think that for many people, it was a transformative time in, in a positive way. Mm-hmm. For me, it brought me, it cut me all the way down. Mm-hmm. But I, and what we're talking about, surrender and relationships, that's when the first time I really realized that I could rely on my son's father. Mm. Because he said, oh, you know, I'm like, listen, when the pandemic hit, y'all, I thought I was going to Mexico City. I was going to go be an artist and, like, take time away and leave my son with his dad and just, like, go be a bad bitch. And the pandemic came and said, uh, face, face your shit. Right. <laughs> and my shit looked yeah. like living with Sergeant's dad, and we had never lived together before. Mm. And it was... Um, Humbling. I think at times, quite frankly, it was a bit humiliating because it felt like, oh man, I couldn't do for me and mine and I had to rely on this person, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, But also it was such a change because I felt so safe. I said, listen, if the world is about to end, if shit is getting real, I want to be here Hmm. with this man (laughs) and all the protection and love we have in this home. Mm -hmm. So... Since we're talking about love and we're talking about 222 being the portal of like love and relationships, let's talk about love. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. I want to talk about romantic and platonic love. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to romantic because that's, that's fun. Mm-hmm. But I actually want to focus on platonic because I'm really interested in how do you cultivate and maintain friendships with the gift that you have? Whew. That's really hard. I constantly have to tell my friends, do you, do you want the psychic or do you want a friend? You cannot have both. And it's really hard because like, who has a, who has a psychic clairvoyant friend, you know? Like, and I get it, but it's really been about affirming the boundary for me. And saying, you know, like, sis. White girls really know, though. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I feel like I read that, you know, it's like a vice versa read, you know? So, can you receive a read? Baby, I love a good read. Oh, so read me down. <laughs> I love a good read. Yes. Same. Hold me accountable. Love is accountability. Yes. Mm-hmm. Listen, I'm sorry. I'm going to call you out, friend. My friend L. My friend Elle in this room holds me accountable more than it. When I tell you she be cutting me at my Achilles, and I'm like... That's a good friend. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then I call her like, no, tell me for real, though. Nah, 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 nah. Tell me with no sugar. And she's like, okay, let me read you. And it's like our sick love language. Is <laughs> reading. What... So it's difficult to make friends. It's difficult to... Do you feel well, like... Well, I feel like, the, you know, it is difficult to make friends because people are, don't live honest lives. Everybody has secrets. So if I'm sitting yeah. in the corner talking to Elise, they're like, damn, what if... Is Imani telling, is Imani telling them what, what... Yeah, it's a lot of that. So I'm really conscious about the people that I let into my tribe. I really don't have a lot of new friends. That's something I'm trying to change, though. Um, but people, you were, we kind of spoke about this earlier, didn't really touch on it, but it was hard for me to get a grasp on reality growing up because reading people's energy, I recognize how many people actively lie to themselves and believe the lies. So it's hard to distinguish reality sometimes. And also it was hard as a child not to become a liar because this was, everybody's lying. And how is that showing up? Is it, are you like receiving messages? Is it like a literal voice? It's like a literal voice. It's like, no, no. Mm-mm. They're lying. And sometimes your eyes show it. People aren't good liars. Nobody's really a good liar. You can really always read it in the eyes and the body language. It's not a good trait because when you lie, you lie to the universe. Yes. Mm-hmm. Radical. You really honesty. only lie to yourself. To be Words or spells. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's get into some love spells. Yes, speak it. Let's get into speak some love spells. Because I, I want, I'm, I'm going to be a little selfish in this moment. Mm-hmm. As somebody who has a Venus in Virgo, Ooh. I kind of feel like it's the wackest Venus placement. It's a hard Venus placement because you can find a flaw. In everything. Yeah. In everything. Love, it, love that, is flawed. I know. That's what they tell me. I'm like, why can't you just be perfect? Um, but I see it showing up in myself, mm-hmm. how, how I can be incredibly self-critical. And I'm like, girl, I will dissect the fuck out of a photo, y'all. I'd be like, why I hold my arm like this? How come I... Oh, damn. Like... Y'all, I can't even look at the pictures after this. I'm gonna have to give it a beat, but I'm just gonna bask in like a good time that we had and not try to be so self-critical. I think the universe put me on my ass today getting ready because I had no time. So I didn't get to like obsess in the mirror. You look great. Thank you. Thank you. I didn't get to obsess in the mirror. I literally ran in the house. I was sweeping. I was making pasta. Right? My friend came in with my son. 
I was wiping down counters, oiling down my legs. I got oil on my good shirt, pissed. And then, and I was doing my makeup at the lights. (laughs) And I said, okay, girl, well, no need to be critical today. You're showing up and here we are. What, one, how did you know that you were ready for romantic love? You don't really know when you're ready. It just comes. And I think when it just comes, that's the best. Did you fight it? Yes. <laughs> Ooh, the I feel like I still fight it sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Did, were you ever concerned with... I mean, there's so many levels now in dating and finding love. I didn't know for a long time that like men dated women for clout. This is a room full of very powerful women, Mm -hmm. and I know some of y'all have experienced this. Mm -hmm. I have, and I was gagged. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Why? You didn't really like me? Oh, you didn't know I was a real person. Oh, you wanted the idea of me. Mm. Well, she's not that. So, love came in. Mm -hmm. Did you, one, did your husband know about your gift? How did that conversation go? And then, like, how does that impact your day-to-day? Well, he's gifted, too. Oh, there we go. There we go. <laughs> yeah. Mm. He did know about my gift. And he... <laughs> he embraced it. Yeah. He would drive me to the Botanica. You know, dust off my altar. I was like, oh. Come on. <laughs> you might could be my man. <laughs> yeah. He, um, it, it was the non-judgment. He tried it, though. They always do. He tried it. Like, how psychic are you? We had to, we had to go through that. Oh, yeah, we had to not go through the standoff. That. Yeah, we had to go through that a little bit. Not the quick like, you're draw. Not gonna play, yeah, we're not going to play these games. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. I was playing a little bit too. I was scared. Yeah. Love it can be scary. Scared of losing control. I think that's the thing, right? Mm. Do you look to be... Because what I have found and what I desire... As a woman that has to be in control in so many aspects of my life Mm -hmm. and enjoy it Mm -hmm. because I do like it. Mm -hmm. I really, for me, I know it's real when I really want to surrender and submit Mm -hmm. because truly in my romantic relationships, I don't, I don't want to be in control. I don't want to think. I I mean, if I'm being honest, I want to be like a puppy. If y'all don't want to be a puppy to y'all's mate. Y'all might not got the right mate because yeah. Take care (laughs) what did that look like for you the surrender was there a defining moment where you're like you know what I'm gonna let love in was it your girlfriend's like girl you tripping he didn't dust it off the altar he going with you rubbing your feet cooking the meal what's up I feel like I was deep in a Scorpio moon episode of creating problems that don't exist (laughs) and created an issue 
and packed up all my shit and moved out and took space and did oh, the you, whole thing. You cut up. I'm a dramatic girl. <laughs> hmm. I'm moving a bit through a lot, okay? It's a Scorpio moon. It's like that. Yeah. I'm leaving. I'm, and we're done. And then that cancer is like, I, I didn't mean it. You gonna call me? I was in my feelings. Yeah. So it was um, testing it and testing it and testing it and still offering love. But still was like, like you're, we're not gonna keep doing this because I wanna be here. And I feel like that was the. Okay. After like the fifth episode. <laughs> if you hang on to me after five, I love you too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Mm-hmm. And to kind of, because I know hopefully we've got some questions bubbling, get your questions ready. But I would love to talk about, because I think love permeates every aspect of our lives, obviously romantically and platonically, professionally. Hopefully you're moving in love professionally. Um, you talked about a team, right? And the words that I wrote down were team, integrity, creativity, and process. What does your team look like now? How are you helping? Who is helping you scale up? Right now... I've had to really rely on my partner. Parenthood requires a surrender. And I feel like, you know, I have my sister friends, you know, I have my, my, my brothers, and we have a solid team, but. It's really about the unit and having peace and harmony in the unit and communication in the unit. Um, that's really that's really the team for me. I feel like I feel like sometimes we invest too much energy outside of the home, and. We do that when things in the home aren't really where they're supposed to be. And so it's not necessarily a thing about isolating, but right now, like, I really want to get the team strong, unit strong. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I do. And finally, what does success look like for you? Success for me looks like alignment. It looks like love, it looks like joy, it looks like happiness. It looks like um, staying in bed sometimes. Okay. It looks like conversations at Soho House. Okay. You know, I feel like success is really joy. I used to think it was a financial thing, but I really feel like it's a... how you really feel about yourself. Yeah. 
trying to move to a space where things don't necessarily define success, titles don't necessarily define success, relationships don't define success. Like, I feel good outside of things. I feel like that's really what this time in quarantine and that the pandemic showed me is like, you've really got to feel good about yourself. Outside of your title, outside of your friendships, outside of your relationships, outside of your extracurricular activities and hobbies, you have to really feel good about yourself. And so I feel like that's the real success. And I also feel like if you're trying to figure out what your idea of success is, tune out. Mm-hmm. No, really. Tune out, because sometimes it's, high, it's hard to see your vision when you're seeing everybody else's. But that's what Instagram is for, you know, to keep the visionaries down. Ooh. Listen, because let me tell you how strong spirit moved for me this week. And then we're going to wrap it up and get to the questions. But I have a lot of things on my plate. A lot of things I've been procrastinating on. Mm -hmm. And I got up in the morning. I was meditating. I was having my morning J. I'm like, okay, okay. I'm getting into the groove. I have my big mason jar of water. And I'm like, I'm doing it. I'm meditating. I'm drinking water. Okay, come on. That's a luxurious morning for a mom. A luxurious morning. Okay. Okay, that's why I get up at five something so I can Hello. do all that. That's <laughs> why I'm waking up at five, okay? Right. So I can have my time. But guess what Spirit said? Oh, this is cute and you feel good, but you mm-hmm. still have work to do. So let me get you focused. Y'all know I stretched out and knocked over that glass of water right on my internet router and I ain't had internet for three days. Oh, Conspiracy, sit your ass down and get focused. You keep scrolling on Instagram feeling weird. Right. <laughs> right. Oh Don't let the internet use you. <laughs> Are you using the internet or is the internet using you? And we didn't even get even get to get into OnlyFans, but I wanna say no. I'm using the internet on OnlyFans. Miss thing right yes. here on OnlyFans, yes. okay? Use the internet while it's free. Don't let it use you. A word. And on that note, mm-hmm. I want to open it up to questions, comments, thoughts, anything you all would like to share. I'll come over with the mic. Hey, Erin. <laughs> um, as I'm not a mom, but I'm a teacher, I feel like I've raised about 200 kids in L.A., um, when you know, like, oh, shit, they're going to fall because there's a rock right there or whatever, you have that intuition or you just know anyway from common sense and shit you've gone through, pardon my French, how do you think you're going to deal with your abilities when you see your kid growing up, like, this is a bad path or this is a bad decision coming up? How do you think you're going to handle that? That's a good question. So something I've been journaling about is not being a helicopter mom and really trusting her, trusting, trusting her. Um, Although I feel like my daughter is gifted, I definitely feel like I'm going to be the mom to tell her. 
Come on, sis. You're not doing the Where right thing? Where are you thing? going, sis? Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know about gentle parenting either. <laughs> so, I'm not really with the gentle parenting. I'm with the accountability, accountability thing. That's fair. Yeah, because I feel like accountability is love and the world's not gentle, especially for black children. So I really am about um, being an orphan about raising a child that can get along without me. And so there will be love. There will be nurturement. Gentle, mm, I don't think that's realistic, personally. I mean, personally. I've been, I've been trying. And you know what, I think to your- For me. Yeah, to your point mm-hmm. though, no, but to your point about specifically raising oh. a black child. Yes. Um, that is part of why I wanted to gentle parent and also why I think it's been difficult. Mm-hmm. Because part of the reason why I wanted to gentle parent is because I'm like, oh, the world is going to be difficult for him. Mm-hmm. I, want, I want him to have like ease and love mm-hmm. at home. Mm-hmm. But in the same breath, am I preparing him for the world in that way? Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. If, if, if everything is nice and sergeant, mm-hmm. now mommy does not like, I, we talked about, and so I try. And we do it, but I also have a, uh, I don't want to say willful as Sergeant's teacher. <laughs> He's not willful, but he is a strong person, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. He says what he means and he means what he says. And he gets me together daily. He gets me together. And so I have had to learn a balance between gentle parenting and also, uh-uh, I said what I said. Right. And I'm like, oh, I'm just a black mom. I have turned into, I have turned into, uh-uh, 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 because I said, right, and you can go upstairs. Come on. You know? And so, it, yeah. It's a balance. It's necessary. But it I do think balanced. that's a fair question. That and and to, and to that, I don't have the gift that she has, but um, something that I have tried to implement is when I see him doing something that makes me nervous or seems dangerous but I see him trying to be careful and cautious Mm, mm -hmm. to give him the space to do it Mm -hmm. so that he then has the confidence to know I can do this difficult thing on my own. Confidence is key. Confidence Mm -hmm. is key. Yeah. Yeah. Anyone else? All right. I'll come to you and then I'll come to you. Hey, y'all. It's not really a question, but more so what you spoke on about postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. I just agree with what you're saying, like, because I feel like with my first, with my first kid, like, I, I'll just say, like, I went through a postpartum. Mm-hmm. But when I sat down and like thought, okay, what's the problem? Because I was like trying to pull myself out of mm-hmm. that like mm-hmm. phase, and I realized for one, we had just gone into lockdown. So I was like, fuck. I was like mm-hmm. finally starting to feel good about myself. Mm-hmm. And then now everything is like shut down. And we got, mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, we're going to be in the house. We're going to go on lockdown for like two weeks. And then it was like two months right. and like six months. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I had to like sit with myself and mm-hmm. be like, what's really the problem? And I feel like I was like mourning who I was mm-hmm. like before motherhood. Mm-hmm. And like everything, it was... It was all about me, in a sense, because mm-hmm. like, oh, I just got to take care of myself. Like, yeah. And I wasn't really doing any type of, like, self-care before motherhood because it was just, like, self-care. Like, I'm partying. I'm, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm just, like, living with my man and, like, mm-hmm. whatever. And then it was, like, motherhood. Like, you got to just, like, be 
up at 2.37 a.m., like, mm-hmm. breastfeeding and, like, sleeping on a pee saying, mm-hmm. which I just slept on mm-hmm. last night as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I just wanted to say that I, I agree with that. And, like, it's so easy to kind of, like, put that, put things under an umbrella and yes. not, like, specifically identify it because mm-hmm. I feel like you don't really like heal from it because you don't know what you're healing from you're just saying like yes. this is the label and like i gotta get through it but you're not even like saying what it was so yeah thank you for like thank you for being that. open yeah. and for being for listening and being receptive i feel like i hurt a lot of people's feelings with that statement and it was not my intention i was um, a little hurt at first i was like i know i know a lot of people were hurt a lot of people were hurt And, you know, it was a really challenging time because I was four months pregnant trying to find a doula in L.A. And after that, it was like nobody wanted to fuck with me. Shout out to my doula. Okay. Um, You know, I think that society is not really nice to mothers. And we're not really given the grace in the space to transition into motherhood. I remember I was pregnant this summer. I would not advise. Um, I wouldn't. It was a hard, it was a hot summer and a heavy baby. And I remember being out looking for furniture, uh, moving, wouldn't advise. I was eight months pregnant, just moved to my new home, trying to find furniture. We were in this furniture store. I was with my dogs, trying to catch my breath. And the store owner offered my dogs water and just looked at me. And it just started to dawn on me, like, there's really a lack of respect for mothers, and I get why mothers are carrying this label around. So thank you for listening, and thank you for being open and investigating yourself. Okay. Come on, Davo. Hi, friend. Um, I am childless and afraid. Hmm. Um, and so my friendship with Elise has really taught me that what motherhood could look like at its best. Mm. kind of hate when you talk about the days when you don't think you shit because I, I, I see your child. Y'all have a relationship. I ain't never seen no shit like that. That's so beautiful. So I, what I wonder, because a bitch is sh- selfish, hmm. just learn how to be selfish as an mm-hmm. empath in person who has been constantly giving to people sounds like someone else to give to right and so how do y'all create space goddamn because all the roles you got to be somebody mama you somebody boss you somebody whatever partner all of these damn things you got to be in a day it's only 24 hours and so i don't know how you make space and so I'm, I'm curious about it because from a person who is scared and I got a man who wants children. Mm-hmm. Dren, Dren, multiple. Mm. I don't know who's birthing them. Mm. But I just want to know how you find space to just deal with you before anybody else is looking for you. 
Well, I'm only six months in tomorrow. Hey. So I am still trying to figure it out, but right now it looks like waking up at 5 a.m. Okay. Um, you know, taking some weed from his stash. <laughs> Rolling me a joint, okay, uh, making some tea, doing my meditation. It really is discipline. There's no, there's, it's discipline. It's discipline. It's a tribe. It's your partnership. But it really is discipline. That word. I know. Damn, I'm not used to that word. It's really like... I had a Leo mom who was really kind of like all over the place. And I love you, Somebody Leos. else. <laughs> Leos, I love you, Leos. But there needs to be a support group, okay? Of children of, of Leo mothers. And it really was like always about her. And praise God, she got a Virgo child because I was like able to like, I wanted to help. That was that was like affirming me, right? But she made a lot of her responsibilities mine. And after doing some inner child work, like that's really what I think about. Just like making my own lunch. Like shit, like it's so deep. I remember like writing my own note to myself because kids, because the kids in my class's parents would make their own lunch. Wow. And write, their parents would write love notes. And my mom never made my own lunch. Mm. And so I would start faking it. And it was so, my teacher noticed it. Okay. Yeah, so I... <laughs> There's just things, you know, there's things that I think about in my own childhood. It's like, nah, girl, you got to make some time. Wake your ass up, smoke your joint so that you could be fully present for your baby. Because you remember what it was like when your mom was half-assing it and making her problems yours. And you going to school with all of that. Lying. Trying to act like things were cool when it wasn't cool. And so I don't, I don't want Omi to have to have that, you know, stigma and energy. So I could wake up early. Yeah, all of that is like, so I wake up early. Discipline, yeah, discipline, discipline and partnership. Yeah, and I think for me, a a gift, a, a blessing, and at times a challenge is that I don't have a partner. Can I say something? Please, stop saying that. Okay. Well, I know my partner's coming. There we go. Without a doubt. There but we I, go. But, but I'll, I say that because mm-hmm. I, in not having someone in my home, mm-hmm. I don't have to confer with somebody else. Mm-hmm. I don't have to make space and time. Sergeant and I have that relationship because I can pour that into him. Mm-hmm. Right? We can talk. It's about what does Sergeant and Mommy want to do? Not what is Daddy's schedule? Have I showed Daddy love? You know, so I... <laughs> Not laughing, y'all. <laughs> I mean, for real, you got to remember to love your partner. Uh, 
These are things I think about as someone who has tendencies to be selfish. And just, and not even necessarily selfish, just I like doing my thing at my time how I want to do it. I like my stuff, but I want to Kai interject as your sister friend. Yeah. <laughs> what is... Go ahead. You know I want it. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm sweating in this blazer. Partnership is really important. Yes. And I feel like a man child mm-hmm. needs to learn how to be a partner. Mm-mm. A man child needs to learn. A how man to be child a needs to learn partnership. Now, is yes, but how many man childs are running around this world? A lot, because a lot of them don't know partnership. Partnership is accountability. Yeah, mm-hmm. a lot of us don't want that. I think it's really important to. Raise your child authentically. You know, like, this is who I am, and this is who's raising you. Yes. 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 But we're still actively growing. Yeah. And this is who I am Mm -hmm. right now, Mm -hmm. but eventually, Mm -hmm. or I would hope to be a unit. Mm -hmm. And if we become a unit, what is that going to look like for us? These are great questions. Mm-hmm. And these are things that I think about often. Mm-hmm. You know, how having space for someone while having space for myself. Mm-hmm. Because I think one of my bigger fears, to your point, Damo, is I don't want to get too comfortable like this. To where I don't know how to really open up and make space. I love love. For a partner. For a partner. Okay. For a partner. Yeah. Yes. For my child, <laughs> the world. Yes. I, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm gonna release. I'm gonna do the work. Yes. But for an adult, right. releasing, doing the work, allowing someone else to show up, those are challenging. Mm-hmm. Those are challenging. So to your point, Damo, I think yes, discipline. And I think it's knowing that also one you are worthy of motherhood. Any yes. child that came to you is so blessed because you're such a dynamic person, mm-hmm. right? And if you show up the way you show up in your friendship, your kid's going to be so great. So like all the other things, it doesn't matter. Sergeant knows exactly who I am. Is it like you have the perfect kid for you? Ah, so true. I feel like you birthed the perfect child for you. Yes. I also prayed while Omi was in the womb, like, baby, you know, you got this Virgo mama, okay? We call it really, we, come on, work with me. <laughs> and she works with me. Yeah, I definitely, ooh, I prayed, I meditated. I, I think I started to, um, some, of my, some of my energy and my powers came back in my pregnancy. Um, I've been able to see aura before, so I was able to start seeing light and color again, like around my womb. And I was just like, okay, all right, we're going to welcome it in. So, you know, you, you'll figure it out. And you got so many people. Stop. You got so many people. Um, anyone else? Okay, okay, okay. I was going to say something completely different, but then something aroused in myself that I think also when we get our children 
and if we're lucky enough to have more than one, um, you'll get one, well, this is how I see it, they'll teach you lessons that need to bring out in yourself to be better, because mm -hmm. they're gonna challenge the shit out of you. Mm -hmm. And then you're gonna get the one that's like, I feel like my daughter essentially is like the mother I never had, mm -hmm. and she's like an old soul. Mm -hmm. And she's healing me in ways that nobody else could do. And she's mm -hmm. five. <laughs> um, so yes. there's a lot that comes that. Yes. from your children that you don't expect from the responsibility and the time that you lose and doing it all by yourself. There, if you give it space to realize like when one drives you crazy in one way, it's because maybe you need to think about how you're doing things. and You know, whatever. But I had a question. I'm a psychic medium as well. And I have a question for you on something. Mm -hmm. You brought up things happening to your kids and then like, do you intervene or not? So there's been a few instances. I have a five-year-old daughter and a seven-year-old son. And I was predicting some crazy shit going down. And I'm like, all right, Michelle, you're just being a paranoid mom. And then the crazy shit went down. Like my daughter broke her leg three times, had a concussion, was in the hospital for five days, almost didn't talk and walk, and I should have intervened. Or, what is your thought on this? Hmm. Was it meant to happen? Mm -hmm. So that's where I sometimes, with my gifts, mm -hmm. think, you know, do, if I didn't intervene, she wouldn't have got that concussion, but what, it, what maybe happened within the world ooh, that we learned from, I don't know. That's my, I know you're in the beginning phases of things, but you pick up shit on your kids mm -hmm. with our gifts. Like mm -hmm. it's, and sometimes it's hard to differentiate. Am I just being paranoid? But then I learned the real signs and I feel it in my body. Mm -hmm. And then they happen. So what is your thought of like divine intervention or, hey, your spirit guides are talking to you, intervene and like don't let them get in the car when that, with that person. Mm -hmm. Trying to make a long story short. <laughs> I've gotten really good at distinguishing spirit guide, my spirit guides from my own voice. Right. My own voice, my, I'm paranoid. I'm not paranoid. I'm kind of like whatever fucking. I am. Says. I'm a paranoid. I'm paranoid. Um, yeah. So if you, got like a, if you got a message from your guides like, hey, I don't know if they should get in that car. Mm hmm you would just be like, they're not yeah, getting, you're in, not the getting car. in that car. Yeah. No. Okay. No. But there's... Um, Sometimes I'm, I'm like, well, I'm just being crazy. <laughs> yeah, no. I feel like you have to really trust your intuition and trust your inclinations, especially when it comes to your children. Um, straight up. Trust it. All right. That's what I, that's what I feel. Thank you. Uh-huh. Thank you. I have to write it down because I forget. I have two kids. They have my brain. Um, how do you go about the label of being a good mother and the great intentions and when you don't live up to them? Or when you react, you're like, yeah, I'm going to do this this way. And suddenly yeah. the, the rage or the anger or, or something of the disappointment takes place and... Again, like you have really good intentions, but then you put yourself before them and you deal with mommy guilt, right? Like, mm -hmm. I'm going to leave my kid to do something for myself. Mm -hmm. And you're there and you're like, I'm doing something for myself and I can't stop thinking about my child. Mm -hmm. um, am I being a good mother? Mm -hmm. Am I doing this right? 
did I do it right? Oh my God, I yelled at them. You know, like there's, and, and the demands and are ever changing. Yes. And flowing. So that part of like, shoot, <laughs> I messed up. How do you deal with that part of it? I messed up. <laughs> I mess up a lot. I think it's really important to give yourself grace. I think it's also important to fuck up and, and own your fuck ups. Um, in my professional work, there's not a lot of room for mistakes. I think that's why I am, I, I approach things so radically because I want it to be very clear that I'm a vessel and that I um, am going to make mistakes and I'm going to disappoint people and sometimes I'm going to disappoint myself. Um, I really think it's about giving yourself grace and I also think it's really about being present so that when you are away from your kids, you don't feel guilty. It's like when I was home, I was really present. I was present with my child. I was present with my husband. And now this is my time. And I don't feel guilty because I was present. And now I need to be present for myself. And also having people in your circle to say, friend, you need to have some time for yourself. I'm about to take you out. Get dressed. We're going to Soho House. Period. <laughs> yeah, I echo all of that. Um, and I've had that week. I, I haven't experienced a lot of mom guilt, but it got thick in these past couple of weeks of really questioning, am I doing the right thing? Am I a good mom? I just totally freaked out. I totally let my anger get the best of the situation, right? And for me, something I've been telling myself is, yes, grace, but also... There is, you know, sitting in that guilt is making it about you, mm. right? And it's about, I had this moment, I forgive myself, let me move forward and show up differently in the next thing. Because motherhood is just a series of moments <laughs> and they're never going to stop. And if we sit in, oh, I really fucked that up, damn, I snapped at him, then like, how are you getting better and how are you moving forward? And like, now you're getting in this cycle of being addicted to being the victim when really mm -hmm. you're trying to be better for you and for the children. Yes. Right? Hello. Hi. <laughs> so, um, number one, I watch all your lives. I look up to you and, and take heed to your word. And um, I'm a mother of two twins, eight-month-old twins, and a part of a polyamorous relationship, a big Ooh. polyamorous relationship. Yeah, I love it. Um, there's a lot of moving parts okay. that go to it, but this is directed to you and your husband. Mm -hmm. um, there was a live that I caught, and baby Ohm, she's so beautiful, by the Thank way. Congratulations. You. Thank you. you. She was crying in the background, uh -huh. and you you stopped, and you were going to get up and aid to Ohm, uh -huh. and you said, no, um, mothers, you need to allow the men to... Uh, put trust in them to go and aid to their child as well. And yes. um, being a part of such a big circle that I'm a part of, uh -huh. um, I still have some selfishness to me where I want to protect my children. Yes. Um, and I, lo I love their father. Their father's uh -huh. amazing. He's a great provider, a great man for them, a great father figure. But 
there's still a part of me where my children cry and I'm like, okay, you need to move aside. Right. I'm going to go and, and grab them and take care of them. How do you release that control to your husband? Or not control, but how do you become selfless in selfish situations like that? So I have to be realistic. I can't be here 24-7. And the life that I'm trying to create for myself and for my family is one where I might not always be present. And I don't want my husband to feel insecure about his ability to care for his child. And I feel like we sometimes instill that insecurity by, by you know... Um, correcting the way that they're holding them or you didn't wipe her butt right, you know, or whatever whatever it may be. But I feel like when you don't surrender that control, you don't really allow for support. And so when you want to get away and you need to take that time, you don't really get that time because you're stressed out about if the bottle is too hot, if he's about to roll over the baby. Because that was like, please don't, please sleep on this side, put her on this side, put a pillow here, please don't roll over my baby. Like it was a whole thing I had to realize, like you're creating insecurity in your relationship and that's not going to help you do the things that you need to do. So I think it's really about what, how you vision your life to be, and if that includes partnership, and really allowing your partner to be a partner. I feel like the poly thing is kind of cool, honestly, because I feel like that requires like a lot. I feel like in order to be in a poly relationship, like you really have to be your highest self. Like you really have to trust. You really have to be self. You have to be self-aware and self-assured. And I think a lot of us are like not really advanced enough to share ourselves and share our lovers like that. And I think that's like a real like. Baby, you've ascended to another level. Okay, because I ain't there. Baby, I'm not there, but that's a full... That's like, a, that's like, baby, I'm living, I'm experiencing, and that's how you're supposed to live, I feel. Like, really experiencing, not possessing, which I think we confuse commitment and possession. But anyway, to answer your question, I feel like it's really about surrendering that trust because... In the long run, it benefits you. Yeah. And thank you for being here. Yes, thank you. Anyone else? We'll take one more question if you have it. Otherwise. Come on. I knew somebody was sitting on something. Okay. Okay, so I'm not sure how to even word this. So I heard you speak on how your gift presented itself in like schizophrenia, mm -hmm. correct? And then you speak on uh, postpartum and not giving weight, weight to like um, diagnosis mm -hmm. or mm -hmm. labels. Mm -hmm. so, so as a mom, mm -hmm. a mom of two, mm -hmm. sorry I'm nervous. <laughs> um, 
my son recently was diagnosed with autism. Mm -hmm. So in my dynamic of my relationship, his father does not believe in diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, a lot of people of color don't. Mm -hmm. um, so I, as a mom, I feel like I would be kind of not being a mom if I don't give like some weight to it. Mm -hmm. And obviously like I noticed things, which is why he got a diagnosis. Mm -hmm. but what, is, what is your take, I guess, on- What do you mean give weight to it? Like, obviously I, I saw things in which made me have like a diagnosis, like sought something mm -hmm. to be treated, right? Mm -hmm. um, so treated. Like, like, not treated. So, see, it's like the wording. Um, I obviously saw things that I felt like, okay, maybe something's a little off, maybe not off, but like different. Mm -hmm. Or regressions, he was doing things and then he stopped doing them suddenly. Mm -hmm. um, so I sought the help to maybe seek, you know, what, what is this? Like, could, what could it be? Mm -hmm. um, so his dad doesn't give weight, like... He doesn't believe in like, you know, labeling and like, obviously every child learns differently. You know, every, every child has a different path. Um, but I feel like as a mom, like somebody maybe has to have like, okay, there could be a weight to this diagnosis. You would be blind to not give in to it a little, you know? Mm -hmm. But when it comes, like, I don't know how I'm trying to word this. Like, what is your thoughts on labeling kids so early? Because... You know, it's ever-changing. They're growing. They're still toddlers, so, like, you know. Well, you know, this is why social media hates me. Yeah. Because I don't believe in labeling children. Diagnoses, when you start treat. The thing is, when a kid is trying to figure out who they are, and you're placing this label of disability on them... It inhibits them. Mm -hmm. I don't think autism is a disability. Mm -hmm. I don't. I think that is a energy on the spectrum, and people who are autistic or have Aspergers have different gifts, and those gifts need to be cultivated. Mm -hmm. And I think that the problem with diagnoses is the treatment is to help normalize the child and, and and i don't think it's about normalizing the child i think it's about recognizing the individual strengths and nurturing that and when you're different it's I feel like it's an abomination to your existence. Parents don't really realize when you put your kid who's different in an institution that's forcing them to behave like other kids. I feel like the majority is, is the problem. Mm -hmm. Why are all these 50 kids acting the same? Right. Right. Why is your kid so easily programmed? Mm -hmm. So the kid that's unruly or the kid that's asking questions, I think that's the kid that needs to be nurtured. And society doesn't really nurture those kids. So I would say nurture the differences. Thank you. Yeah. No, I love that because not a lot of people speak on it. I think yeah, people, I don't, are people are afraid to speak, to speak on, on things. Yeah. 
because everything is attached to a dollar. People are on Instagram for the wrong reasons, on social media for the wrong reasons. And here's another thing. You could talk your shit and still be invited to speak on the Cool Moms panel. So if we really um, activate ourselves by being our authentic selves, not only can we call in the opportunities that are for us, we can call in the tribe. And I think that's important for someone who is an outsider, which a lot of people with disabilities are, to learn how to call in your tribe by being your authentic self. That's a a real gift. And if you could teach that to your son or daughter, son, I think that's really special. Amani, thank you so much for showing up, showing up as yourself, sharing yourself, and yeah, just being fun. I had a really fantastic time. This was such the best way for me to end my 20. What is it? Two, 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 two. Yes. All the twos, the two yes. portal. I'm grateful and I'm appreciative. Thank you for and having me. Thank you everyone for coming and showing up. Yes. Okay. Until next time. Yes. Not like a regular mom. I'm a cool mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs>